serious. Then I will break you. Hulk smash! You really adopted the dark. I could do this all day. Welcome to the Todd Run Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, and this is part two of my conversation with William Lindblad on the villains that we want to see in the MCU. Uh, we apologize for some of the auto difficulties we've had on this on this episode. Uh, Billy the Intern tried his best to fix it, and it was beyond his skill level. Shocker. But anyways, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the top three on our list. We're running a little long here, so let's get to our top three. All right, so number three is Norman Osborn. Now, he has been done twice. Once extremely well by Willem Dafoe in the uh, early 2000s Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. And that was that was just such a great performance with Dafoe just being Dafoe and nobody else can do do it the way he can. But the fractured, you know, billionaire businessman was just so well done. And then he was all but wasted in Amazing Spider-Man 2 where he's only in the movie to die. He doesn't really do anything. It, like, I don't even know why he was in the movie. Mm. no it's it's yeah like you said it's wasted it's like oh it's norman osborne oh he's just laying on that bed coughing okay but now we have but it's like easter egg of norman osborne on that couch but um and then and then in the mcu he's been oscorp has been referenced in the background yeah. a lot. oh yeah you have that that was one of the candidates when they were talking about like who like who's going to move into avengers tower now that uh tony's moving everybody upstate mm-hmm. new york yeah um, you have like the fantastic, mm-hmm. like, it could be the Baxter building with the fantastic four and other people are like, well, it could be Oscorp. And like either one makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, but Norman, yeah, it's Willem Dafoe. I like his portrayal. I think he was, it was a disservice to him to have his face covered by the mask. Like it was a good mask. Yeah. But he like, took away yeah, all the expression. Willem Dafoe's like part of his, tool set as an actor is he has the best facial expressions to convey exactly what craziness mm-hmm. is going on in his mind. Mm-hmm. And you lose that when you cover it all with like a solid non moving mask. Yeah. And he did a lot with his yes. voice in that movie to try to make up, make up for the fact, like you said, like he has such an expressive face. I totally agree. That was a shame. And then, and, and so looking for, looking towards the MCU, I would prefer to not see Norman Osborn as the Green Goblin, honestly. I would much prefer to see him as the, the conniving businessman, but I don't really need him to be the Green Goblin. I would rather him be someone that's pulling the strings and pulling the strings from some you know, lower-level criminals while he's working with yeah, bigger picture I, villains. We're in perfect agreement there because I, I was going to say, like, I, I want Norman Osborn, the, the, the businessman, the underhanded, amoral um, scientific and tech innovator, mm-hmm. and also the uh, mm-hmm. the would be politician, um, the head of Hammer and all that, uh, the Iron Patriot, if you will. More than I want the Green Goblin mm-hmm. because I think at this point you've already like passed the the proper entrance of the Green Goblin into the Spider Man side of the MCU. With uh, you've got the Vulture already done. You got uh, you have. Uh, Mysterio yeah. like I think to introduce the Green Goblin now on like the third movie of a possible trilogy or whatever it's like it's it's a little late for that you have laid no groundwork for this that's a good point and uh, I would love to see him as somebody that's maybe like trying to buy up tech or steal tech like for example mm-hmm. with Tony Stark now dead 
shocker if you haven't a spoiler if you haven't seen you know Avengers Endgame yet and what have you been doing but yeah with Tony Stark dead Norman Osborn trying to steal Stark tech and weaponize it to sell it as military uh with sell it with military contracts again you know the very thing that Tony Stark didn't do or with Justin Hammer being in jail him taking over Hammer Tech trying to amass his own army. I would love to see that kind of stuff pulling from things that have been done in the past. Maybe he's working with the 10 rings behind the scenes, or maybe he's working with the real Mandarin, like things like that. Maybe let him be tied to things we've seen in the past MCU that would show, Hey, you know what? He's been actually lurking in the background a lot doing underhanded things with these other people. Maybe he was a part of high. Maybe he was helping Hydra build their weapons in the new in the new era. Maybe he was working with shield as part of their contract and building the helicarriers. Like I would love to hear that he's been at work in the MCU behind the Absolutely. scenes. And, and I, th- I think know. one of like at the end of Endgame, one of the hanging threads, and I think Spider-Man uh, far from home tries to address this to some degree um, is now that Tony is dead again, spoiler alert, <laughs> um, who is going to take up the mantle of futurist innovator technology savvy mm-hmm. like person in like in in the mcu and is it going to be a good guy or a bad guy and that's where it sort of leaves us but like we have justin hammer we, he was kind of played off as kind of a clown mm-hmm. in in iron man 2 it was like being run around by whiplash all the time making ridiculous demands <laughs> And all of this text is just like make, they make fun of it because it always fails. Um, and then you have Norman Osborn, yeah. who's he does he does biotech. That's that's how we have Spider Man. Uh, he he has spider, spider slayers, slayers. Like mechanical engineering tech. Um, Time out. Can I say how much I would love to see a well done non cheesy Spider Slayer? The little double, which we've never the seen the one with like the the tarantula, the scorpion, and the. <laughs> that might be a little much but you know and then we can get Alistair Smythe like man that would be a great addition is to have an Alistair Smythe we haven't had one in the, in any Spider-Man movie yet. That, see that would be that would be ridiculously awesome because it was supposed to be I also like one of the, the proposed or supposed leaks from Far From mm-hmm. Home was Alistair Smythe's going to be in it with the Spider yeah. Slayers and it's like oh okay cool no <laughs> none of that uh, no, but I, no. I, I'm, I also no. would like to see Smythe because eventually in the comics Smythe turns into a spider slayer by modifying his spider genetics. Slayer. And can I touch on one? Th- Let me go back to one thing you just said. Like you talked about filling the void of Tony Stark. You know, it'd be a genius idea is for Osborne to step forward as the next futurist innovator on the surface, only to be doing all the underhanded shady things behind the scenes. That would seem like a very, yes. very natural way to go with you know him on the surface being this upright awesome businessman and then under the and behind the scenes being this conniving devious uh maniac so i could really see, i could see that really working and that's, as a, an that's effectively told. like maintaining his character from the comics and that he's he's a guy that's like he, he likes pr he likes mm-hmm. to look good but he also wants to do what he wants to do and you're not going to stand in his way for doing that yeah and that would be different than the two patrols we've had of him so far, which I don't even want to count the one from Amazing Spider-Man 2. But, you know, he really was just more of a fractured maniac in the first, the original Spider-Man. And we didn't really get to see that much of his business acumen, what yeah. he was actually doing, other than the military contracts. All right. So, uh, move up to number two. One of my favorite Marvel villains of all time, Magneto, who we have seen done twice 
very well by two very, very good actors. Oh yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I, I feel bad for anybody that gets cast in this role because I don't feel like it's going to be sufficient I know. time to, to wash out our brains from, from the X-Men uh, movies that have come before because Ian McKellen mm-hmm. did a perfect job of like being menacing, but also yeah, like, good. okay, I can see you have a point. Like, oh yeah, he was sophisticated, very, sophisticated too. very, very controlled, very, he wasn't a rage monster. He wasn't going to be like, you said the wrong word. Mm-hmm. Now I must blow up this building. <laughs> uh, and very, yeah, very controlled. And I think Fassbender did that justice as the younger version where he was like, you could, you could tell that there was like rage in him, but it was always very, very controlled. Yes. Rage, like I can't let this get the best of me, but you're making me very upset right now. And I've seen things and I don't want that to repeat. And he makes the, he makes the transition in his growth in the first movie from being a rage monster to conflicted to in days of future past he's just calculated like which he wasn't in the first movie you know originally he goes for the sub he has no plan he's about to drown and then by days of future past yeah he has a plan and he's he knows exactly how the plan's gonna work out and he's doing all that needs to he needs to do to make the he's essentially really magneto at that point and again it's like how do you get someone that has the intensity the physical um build because that was really my only complaint about McKellen is he's yeah, frail looking he's, yeah, he's not the most sturdy uh, sturdy guy yeah but like and it how do you get that and Magneto obviously is a mutant X-Men villain and he could be used in any way as far as I'm concerned he could be used as the primary villain he could be used I, let me let me backtrack there I would not want to see him as a behind the scenes no, villain yeah. he needs to be the it's, guy it's not instigating his, it's not the action. his uh his personality to be like a puppet master. It's, it's like, he's the guy that's going to be charging in with his troops. Right. And anyway, I would hate mm-hmm. to see him as a one-off villain, but again, a long-term mastermind doesn't really seem to fit with what the MCU is doing right now. I, I, I don't could, know. I could almost see him like a Loki, like where he's, he's not a straight up villain all the time. He's sort of like an anti-hero where it's like, sometimes I'm on your side because we agree on what it's, it's like a, like politicians. Like sometimes Sometimes I'm bipartisan and I come over here and I shake Charles's hand and we agree and do this together. And sometimes um, I'm over here like, okay, do it, do it your way. I'm not going to help. I'm going to watch it fail and then do it my way. Yeah, you know, actually, I, I actually really like that idea. And honestly, that probably would create the most interesting stories. The fact that Magneto is kind of unpredictable in the sense that he has uh, he has uh, <laughs> unclear morals, ambiguous morals. I'll say that, and he wants obviously mutant superiority not not equality mutant superiority but he's willing to take different tacks doing that so it's not always terrorism and it's not always pacifism yeah sometimes he's an isolationist he's like i'm fine we're just going to make yeah this, our, this is going to be our country everybody come here that wants to uh humans stay out asteroid m let's go we won't have Get a problem i would say this too um asteroid m would be a pretty interesting story that, I, I was just thinking, I was like, that would be one that I w- I'm not sure how they would do it, but yeah. I would love to see it. No, let, let me give you this picture. Guardians of the Galaxy on Asteroid M. <laughs> Magneto having a conversation with Groot. Just just picture it. <laughs> and that's, that's somebody who could have a conversation with because Groot being made of wood, no metal on Magneto. him. Like, you can't do anything to me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so Magneto, and again, with Magneto, it's not so much the stories you could tell with him for, from my perspective. 
what makes him interesting in so much stories that you could tell with him, it's the character himself. Yes. He is just fascinating and layered and dynamic. And he's been so well acted. Like, I just want to see, I don't care what story you tell with him. I just want to see him on my screen again. He, 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 will, he will be the new Loki. I'm going to go ahead and call that. <laughs> I love that, man. I, oh, man. I, yeah. I, I cannot get enough Loki in my life. I'm one of the few people that liked Thor 2 simply because they gave us way more Loki. A browsing speech about <laughs> <laughs> Like, the more Loki, the better. You can't have enough Loki. All right. Number one on our list, we've hit this character a lot. William, I want you to give them a nice, uh, good description of this character. Arguably the best supervillain of all time in comic book history, the person on which on whom Darth Vader is based, Doctor Victor Von Doom. Yeah, and not not just Victor or not just uh, Darth Vader, but also uh, if you're fans of the Stephen King Dark Tower series in Book Five, Wolves of the Kala, the wolves that menace this village are modeled to be basically robots that look like Doctor Doom with lightsabers so that's okay wow for the for the other fandoms out there <laughs> yeah. okay this is how big of a deal this man is to pop culture and to marvel cinematic uh, so one thing we talked about you and i is how he is severely underpowered in all of his previous portrayals give me that rundown that you were talking about about the combination of his abilities and intellect and you know we don't have forever <laughs> because i know because i know you and i've talked about it for like 20 and 30 oh, minutes yeah. about. I, I could so, talk about it like, for days the the quick rundown of all his abilities and, and intellect and how that makes him the best villain in Marvel, are, I mean, arguably. Yes, he, and then that's why he tops out above Norman Osborn and Magneto and other people on our list. And that's because he's, for lack of a better word, he's human uh, in that he he's not a mutant. He doesn't have intrinsic abilities, although I would argue that his willpower could be a mutant level, a mega level willpower because he resists like psychic attacks just mm. because he's stubborn. Resists his blood being turned to acid. Yeah. He, he survived ridiculous things just because yeah. he didn't want to die. Um, but he's, he's sort of uh, a crossroads of lots of different major characters we've already seen in the MCU. Mm. He's, he's equally as smart, if not smarter than Tony Stark. He has mm. access to similar technology if not stolen from Tony Stark and remodif- and modified. Um, he's the king of a country, or he's the leader of a country. He is, he is the, the supreme dictator of Latveria, which mm-hmm. in this case could be Sokovia. We don't know. <laughs> now that would be a very interesting twist that would fit. And he's also, and this is one of the things that we're talking about his complexity. He's good to his people. He's a good yes. ruler. Yes. He's, he's not like you, you picked, we pictured like as Americans, we pictured dictators as like, Oh, they're all just like living yeah. it up while everybody's poor and starving. And he's like, no, he, he actually no. cares about his people more he's than the previous people. regime did. And like, and they love him for it. They, they love doom. They're like, yeah, he's the best guy ever. And the rest of the world's like, what is wrong with these people that they support this man? Because he's clearly a lunatic. And, but the pick, yeah, but the picture of Doom being the one that puts Sokovia back together, they would welcome him with open arms. Mm-hmm. They would all have a reason for hating the heroes in our universe. Yep. That makes too much sense. Yeah. Continue, was, please. About his, I was thinking about the other yeah. day. Um, yeah, please continue about his abilities and his – I'm sorry, I got you off oh, track. Oh, you're, all, you're fine. So he's, he's smart, smart as or smarter than Tony Stark um, with access to equivalent technology. He is um, – a king or a, a dictator, a, a yeah. absolute ruler of a, a nation in a similar way to Black Panther 
uh, T'Challa mm-hmm. is yeah. in Wakanda, which also has access to ridiculous amounts of technology. Mm-hmm. And not only that, not only is he wealthy, brilliant, and ridiculously fit, he's also a master of the mystic arts. Yeah. Uh, on par with Doctor Strange. In other words, like in the comics, when they were looking for the new Sorcerer Supreme candidate, Doctor Strange barely, barely beats out Doctor Doom for that title. So he's like gifted in every major area of of gifting in the MCU. He's rich, he's smart, he's a master strategist, and he's a master magician. And the magic was the part that I wasn't so much aware of. Yes. In the comics, he, um, he, it's because his mother was a witch and taught him mm-hmm. some magic. And, and he has in this like annual, like the worst birthday ever where he goes and tries to defeat Mephisto, which is like Marvel's Satan for mm-hmm. the soul of his mother because she is in torment and he has it. And Doom every year on that anniversary goes down there and tries to beat him to, to win his mom's soul and always loses until like very, very late in the, the comics. That reminds me of this, the, uh, the Wolverine Sabretooth thing where every year on Wolverine's birthday, Sabretooth would kill one of his loved ones. Mm-hmm. Worst birthday party ever. Ever. Now, Doom being that the, he's just feeling that also, as you've mentioned to me, is not only a earthbound threat, but can also be a cosmic threat. He's like our number one choice to be the next Thanos. And I'm doing air quotes here in the sense that he is that overarching villain behind the scenes in the shadows doing a lot of things that eventually make him the primary protagonist for all of the heroes. Oh yeah. He's a lot of people have like been hand wringing about, Oh, how are they going to top Thanos? (laughs) He was such a, like he was such a big deal, big threat. Um, and he actually won in Infinity War. Uh, but, like, how are they going to do... Like, have they jumped the shark? Have they, have they already, like, exceeded everything they can possibly do? And my answer to that is, we haven't seen Doom. Doom, it, Doom, like, Doom makes Thanos look like a puppy dog. And what I was going to say is, if you don't know... William, tell them what happened when Doom and Thanos went head-to-head. <laughs> uh, I, I believe it was in the... the 2015 Secret Wars story mm-hmm. crossover, um, where Thanos, basically to cut it short here, uh, lots of multiverses, or the multiverse was like collapsing on itself, and Doom managed to find a way to preserve one planet called Battle World uh, by piecing together bits and pieces of the other universes uh, and keep them from destroying everything. And so he basically saves existence. Uh, you're welcome he would say uh, and he has like heroes and villains that survive on this planet to fight each other and Thanos gets sort of uh, a little a little prideful and he sort of like, marches up to like Victor Von Doom on this this planet that he's created and says like you should be bowing to me what who are you mm-hmm. human and and Doom basically just reaches into his chest, grabs his spine, and like and apparates him. It out. Like, like he, yeah. he literally just like combusts Thanos with his willpower and his power that he has accumulated by by well, it's very complicated in the, the comics, yeah. but he, he basically 
assumes all of this like godlike power onto himself where he can create things and destroy things. So again, if you thought Thanos was a great villain, like Thanos on the ring on the on the on the ladder of villain rankings in the Marvel universe, the greater Marvel universe, Thanos is several rungs below Doom. And that's just being objective. The reason we love Thanos is because he was so well executed. Mm-hmm. If you execute Doom, who is a even better character in our opinion, with eighty percent of the thoughts you put into Thanos, oh my goodness, it's going to blow people's minds. Yeah, and I have multiple things about the. I could talk about Doom for days. I have ideas yeah. and, and pages we have and pages of notes, and we have. And the, again, I think Doom is maybe the best choice for the the cosmic big bad, the the, the overarching, the final level boss. Yeah, you know. Like Thanos, just like Thanos was. And like I said, there's just so much you can do with him because again, you can have him deal you can have him dealing with the Fantastic Four. You can have him dealing with Doctor Strange and the Mystics. Mm-hmm. You can have him dealing with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Like he can touch every single property and every single superhero. Um you can have him interacting with the uh, the Eternals. Like there's just so much you can do with this character. So And he's human. He and he's, he's human. He's, he's exactly perfectly human so dr doom uh, tops our list of super uh, excuse me of villains we'd want to see in the mcu and running back through our list craven the hunter mr sinister annihilus galactus kingpin kang the conqueror apocalypse norman osborne magneto and dr doom if you're still listening we would love to hear your opinion tell us which heroes we missed whether you agree or disagree and let us know who are the villains that you want to see in the MCU. William, thank you again for joining me. It's late at night. Uh, we both have to get to work in the morning. Uh, this has been a great conversation. It's great to take one of the conversations that you and I have all the time and yes. put it in front of people, and hopefully we'll get some people that agree with us. But uh, this has been the Title Run Podcast. This is Dave Bethay and William Lindblad signing off. That's it for today, and thank you for listening.